Welcome to SciSection. Today's interview is with Dr. Sarah Elder at the University of British Columbia. Thank you for being here. Could you introduce yourself and what you do? Of course. Uh, thanks again for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. I have two hats currently. I currently am teaching at UBC a course on how to do research on human environmental issues. And then I'm also a policy advisor for the Canadian think tank, the International Institute for Sustainable Development. So what led you to do some of your research on coffee specifically? It started as an undergrad when I first did a field study in Kenya. And I realized when I saw things like pineapples growing that I had no idea what went into their production of a food that we would regularly see at supermarkets in Canada. So then coffee specifically, I ended up living and working in Rwanda after my undergrad for the World Food Program. And I heard about Starbucks buying coffee from Rwanda and it was for sale back home in Canada. And I got really curious what the impacts were for the coffee growers in Rwanda. Could you briefly explain what the fair trade label means for the products that we see in the supermarket? Yes, so fair trade uh, as a label, it basically indicates that the product, so the coffee has met certain criteria in its production. They have social criteria, environmental criteria, as well as economic criteria that farmers have to meet for example, not using certain pesticides. And what's unique about fair trade is that the buyer also, who's using the label, has to agree to pay a certain minimum price to the farmers growing the coffee. You mentioned Starbucks, which is the largest coffee company. And I also heard that other chains like McDonald's have been offering fair trade coffee for a while now. So what exactly is in it for them? Definitely over the past 10 years now, global retail chains like Walmart, McDonald's, Starbucks, they've all accelerated their efforts to source and sell coffee that's considered sustainable. And, you know, it used to be that more ethical and environmental concerns were the intended drivers of fair trade coffee uptake among these big companies. But I'd say now that they're also taking on fair trade labeled coffee to help build their brand reputation, consumer trust, as well as enhance quality and profitability of their coffee sales. So they benefit from, you know, it is a process, um, you know, to gain access to consumers who are interested in coffee that is more ethical and meet certain environmental requirements. But it's also you know, a way to use this type of certification as a tool to achieve some of their traditional business goals. So profit risk reduction, quality control, and lower costs of switching between suppliers. So do you think that the mainstream adoption of fair trade is now mostly for the profit? But regardless of this, are there any real benefits for the coffee farmers? I do think that there's considerable potential for the mainstreaming of certification to contribute to sustainability. We know from the research there's evidence of higher returns to farmers, better access to credit, 
stronger farmer organizations for producers involved in fair trade certified coffee production and increased adoption of environmentally friendly coffee farming practices. So there definitely are some benefits. On the other hand, you know, this type of standard, not only fair trade, but others as well, they can exclude the poorest and most marginalized producers who are unable to meet you know, strict production requirements and increase costs that are passed down to them by buyers. So it can increase the risk to the farmer as well, taking on commitment to certification. Because retailers purchase less fair trade coffee than is actually certified at the level of production, you know, there is some risk that even though you are certified, your production certified as fair trade, you may not be able to sell it as such. So that can sometimes be an additional risk to farmers. But there are benefits. So I think it's increasingly important to, to have research to understand whether fair trade is benefiting or excluding more resource poor smallholder farmers. Do you think fair trade focuses more on the social side or the environmental side of sustainability? Fair trade is one of the most comprehensive certification programs for coffee. And so it integrates economic, social, and environmental welfare concerns. You know, I mentioned already kind of a guaranteed minimum price that producers receive for their coffee when they're fair trade certified. If the market price is higher, then they receive the higher price. But there's a guarantee that it won't go below a certain price, which provides some protection against volatile prices on the market. And there also are environmental criteria emphasizing, for example, responsible water and waste management, preserving biodiversity and soil fertility. But I think also a really key aspect of fair trade certification is their social criteria emphasize farmer cooperatives. So small coffee growers alone can't be certified. They have to be part of a democratic organization where one member, one vote. So it has this participatory decision-making process. It upholds values of non-discrimination, including in terms of both women and men participating. So I think a lot of the value comes out of um, you know, encouraging that type of group organization in order to be certified. If you go to the supermarket, coffee is one of the easiest products to buy fair trade. Um, do you have any idea how much global coffee production is actually fair trade? Yes, um, actually at uh, IISD, we put out reports every year looking at the state of different certifications. Um, and we have one report that came out recently on coffee. And we found that there's approximately 560,000 metric tons of of fair trade coffee produced every year, which is a lot. But as I mentioned, it's not necessarily sold as such. So that's what is at the production level certified, the farm level. But there's an imbalance, you know, the, the demand for it doesn't yet match the amount that's supplied. And so it's not all being sold as fair trade certified, even though at the production level, it's been certified. Based on what you found in your research, are there any specific areas you think fair trade should improve in? I think 
You know, standard complaint coffee, like fair trade, is definitely helping propel the global coffee sector towards becoming one of the first uh, sectors, like the first commodities to reach a really high level of compliance with these different sustainability initiatives. But I think we need to still think about some of these risks that we've mentioned, like price volatility, just low prices in general for coffee and the oversupply, especially consider that there's currently more fair trade coffee produced than is sold as such. So I think part of it is trying to expand demand for fair trade coffee. I'm not sure that fair trade itself will be the organization that can do that alone, but by getting greater commitments from retailers and other coffee buyers, it might help to to ensure that there's a greater expansion of fair trade and that it has more impact. So do you have any tips for our listeners about how to responsibly choose our coffee? Do you think we can just choose any coffee as long as it's fair trade or is there anything else that we should look out for? I think the benefit of choosing fair trade is one, it's one of the most comprehensive labels, like I've mentioned, that it does cover the economic, social, and environmental aspects. It doesn't solve everything. All development issues are not going to be solved by fair trade labeling, but it is something that's being done. It's something practical that's being done, and it does do something. There's also the opportunity to ask at your local coffee shop about the prices they're paying farmers or what initiatives they take to work with farmers. And I think the more directly a company works with farmers, you know, some of the values that fair trade labeling upholds may already be upheld by that company working directly with farmers. The benefit of the fair trade label is that it kind of substitutes for that relationship. When a consumer doesn't actually know the farmer, it's trying to provide some more information to you on the production side of things. And I think it's also valuable to think about the company you're buying from and whether they appear to integrate and uphold fair trade values into their business itself. That's something that can be a point of tension in the fair trade movement. There's fair trade labeling, which allows mainstream companies to adopt and sell, say Starbucks can sell a portion of its coffee labeled as fair trade. But then there are other coffee roasters that would uphold all the values of fair trade, not just as a label, but of this concept of trading fairly within their company. So you can think about also even how their own employees are treated on this side. So I think it goes beyond the fair trade label, but that that is definitely a start. And finally, what is the most memorable thing that happened during your research? Hmm, I think really having the opportunity to spend time in Rwanda. And it's a beautiful, beautiful country of rolling hills. And to learn from the coffee farmers themselves about their experience and you know, where coffee that we drink every day comes from, you know, really that was such a privilege to be able to learn from farmers themselves about their experiences and to understand that side of it. I really, I really value that. And just the other day, 
I was in a coffee shop in Vancouver and saw coffee beans being sold from one of the cooperatives that I visited in Rwanda. And so I got very excited <laughs> uh, to see them there. So I think, I think really it's that connection with producers on the other side of the world and to have the opportunity to be there. Uh, that was you know, really a privilege for me. Wow, that really seems amazing. That brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you for joining us today. And that's it for this week of Sci-Section. Make sure to check out our podcast for the latest interviews.